Welcome back to another episode of Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the show. Now, we have something special for you today. We have another podcast about, well, bad bosses. And remember, this is a podcast for crazy people. Crazy people get things done. And it would not be possible to talk about the good in life without bringing up the, well, the not so good. So today we're going to talk about 20 reasons your boss is the worst ever. And I tell people, listen to this podcast with extreme caution. (laughs) Now I wish, I wish I could tell you that these managers that I'm about to describe are like fabled unicorns and only exist in lore or that they have been cited like Bigfoot, but never really proven to exist. But alas, good listeners, they do indeed exist. And I will admit that they are a rare combination of humanity that spells misery, pain, for those unfortunate enough to work for them. Just like mutants, they are hidden among normal management genetics. In other words, they are hiding in plain sight. And I know what you're thinking. Hmm, could this be my boss? My boss is pretty hard to work for. My boss is pretty difficult to deal with every day. Could this be my boss? (laughs) Well, guess what? you're going to be able to determine once and for all the problem that your boss may have or the problem that, well, they may not know they have. And here's the thing. If you work for one of these managers, you are probably experiencing a period of misery like no other in your lifetime. I mean, we're in a pandemic. Jobs are scarce. I can't just quit. I feel like I have to just tolerate this bad boss. I have to put up with it no matter how painful it is. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) And no job, regardless of compensation, is worth spending another day with this manager. And I know you might not be able to quit, but you can certainly start looking. Because these bosses are toxic. And they will damage the organization, they will damage the team, and they will damage every individual they are in contact with, both on and off the job. Now, you're probably thinking, come on, John, are there any bosses out there that are this bad? I mean, the way you're describing it, it's like they are almost too bad to be true. Well, stay with me. Stay with me until the end. I'm going to share this perspective from two realities, including their personality attributes. You'll be able to recognize these personalities and the impact on the organization they manage. So you're going to see both their personality and the impact to see if this is your boss. Now let's start with what they are. I call these bosses 
narcissistic micromanagers. <laughs> is it bad enough that someone is a narcissist? What happens when a narcissist is also a micromanager? And they are on the opposite end of the servant leader spectrum. In other words, if you have narcissistic micromanagers on one end of a spectrum, you have servant leaders on the other side of the leadership spectrum. And there is no credible leadership model that supports a positive outcome for this type of manager. So get your notebook, get your pens ready, get your recording devices ready, get whatever you need ready, because we're about to take a look at this elusive, this narcissistic micromanager who may very well exist in your workplace. And just like Bigfoot in the wild, sometimes these creatures are, well, they're hidden amongst the reality of whatever it takes to cover them up. And here's the beginning. Organizations infected by this narcissistic micromanager parasite experience higher than normal turnover in key positions. So think about your organization. Is there higher than normal turnover in key positions? Hmm, that's number one of 20. You may have the narcissistic micromanager parasite leading your organization. Here's the deal. Good people will not endure the parasite reality very long and will leave to begin healing. Sometimes it's months, but sometimes it's years of healing to get over a narcissistic micromanager boss. People who have worked for this creature, well, they feel disengaged or they withdraw or they simply stop contributing. They become zombies. They work on autopilot. In fact, many people that work for this creature go out of their way to avoid this self absorbed management freak of nature because these narcissistic micromanagers place a high degree of emphasis on low priority work they literally they literally sweat the small stuff they are absorbed with managing the details of a subordinate responsibility <laughs> And they believe they are an expert on everything. Does this sound familiar? When they do so, they cannot manage historical trends for success. And even worse, they cannot see the long-term impacts from the decisions they make. Hmm. Am I hitting close to home? Does this feel familiar? There's more. Let's continue. Narcissistic micromanagers tightly control the flow of communication and want to be copied on every single email because they just don't trust anybody to make the best decision without their input. I mean, they want to be involved in everything. They never allow a subordinate to communicate above them in the chain of command. Oh, my goodness. If you go around them and talk to their boss, they will go apoplectic. They will blow up. If something occurs that they were not aware of, 
they become very upset for being surprised. Does this sound familiar? They delegate with strong reservation. They don't want to delegate. They want to do everything themselves. And they often create the pretense of delegation by vetting actions they approve beforehand. So here's what they say. You know, as long as you're doing what they want you to do, they call that delegation. They're delegating exactly what you are supposed to do. And if you deviate, it's wrong. Hmm. Narcissistic micromanagers believe they are experts on everything they have ever been involved with in the past. And they tell subordinates how to do their jobs. I know some of you are feeling this. They rarely ask for input from others and never, never desire the advice from true external experts that may contradict their perspective or opinion. In other words, they will never call in a consultant that might bring a different message from their own because they know it all. They know everything. And they leverage cost as a means to prevent true expertise from entering the organization. Meaning we can't hire an expert because it's too expensive. It's just not worth the money. What's the ROI of that investment? They tell subordinates that it is cheaper to keep this in-house because they do not know what they do not know. They do not know what they do not know. And they fail to understand that nothing is more expensive than ignorance. <laughs> now, I told you there were 20, so I'm not going to count these off, but we're going to give you 20. And if you go back and listen to this, you will find there are 20 actual uh, implications of this elusive narcissistic micromanager. Now, narcissistic micromanagers dominate discussions with subordinates because they already know what is best. They don't want your input. They just want you to listen to their input. And they are quick to interrupt a subordinate and end a meeting with their own expectations for action. We're done here. We already know what to do. And while communicating with their own peers or their superiors, they take copious detailed notes to stifle this temptation with people above them. So in other words, they're busy, busy taking notes in order to not succumb to that desire to throw their own ideas to their boss or their peers. Now, narcissistic micromanagers do not like rules or boundaries unless they have prescribed them. If it's their rules, it's okay. And they justify this action through a perceived image of expertise. They say the rule is no longer relevant or it's outdated. And this is a common justification for a change or exemption. Meaning, unless it's their rule, it's outdated. Someone before them must have come up with this silly idea. And narcissistic micromanagers believe in doing more of the same, only better. Keep doing what we've been doing, but do it better. That's the best course of action. I know some of this is touching home. It's touching close to home. Narcissistic micromanagers are preoccupied with how they in the organization look to others. 
How do we look? How does the organization look to others? Or we can't talk about problems because that will make us look bad. And this can manifest itself in personal appearance. They're always going to look sharp. They're always going to look like they're on their game, as well as the organizational appearance in the face of adversity. In other words, when problems surface, they want to push problems down. They want to hide problems. They're more concerned with how the situation will look to others than championing a true remedy. They are entitled to the big office, the nice desk, the fancy car. After all, image is very important. How they look is very important. Narcissistic micromanagers often get past interviews. How do they get into the organization in the first place? Well, they are charming. They look great on paper. And this is the mask that hides the mutant from normalcy. Their big personality is attractive at first glance. And they love to share their accomplishments from the past. They say all the right things because they are often intelligent enough. They're not dummies. They're intelligent enough to tell you what you want to hear instead of what they truly believe. However, once inside the organization, they begin a campaign of negativity about past practice and success. They want to bring everything they did before into the new organization. After all, they were not there before, and it could not have been successful in the past without them. They use manipulation and surround, well, they surround themselves with sycophants. A sycophant is a suck-up that tell them exactly what they want to hear. Once narcissistic micromanagers begin to experience a sense of impending failure from their own parasitic impact, well, they release the host and seek another. In other words, just like a, just like a parasite, once they feel like the host is dying and it, there's no longer going to be value, they let go so they can find another host organization to infect. They hope to find another organization before they can be blamed for the destruction left in their past. Notice where they quit just in time. It's like they suck all the nutrients from an organization, and as soon as it's about to die, they leave. And their results are devastating because the organization has been stripped of true talent. All the good people left. And those remaining are merely shells of humanity. They're shells of humans. They're human shells. Narcissistic micromanagers are catastrophic little creatures that suck the nutrients out of others and leave to do it again and again and again. Now, that was 20. If this is a familiar reality, you really only have two choices. You can endure and try to rebuild after the devastation because narcissistic micromanagers love to blame others. They're, they're, they're going to be limited. They will get found out. They will release. They will leave. 
or they will get fired. Now, you either endure and try to live it out, try to survive it, try to hunker down. Many of you might be hunkering down right now with these bosses and just hoping that someone will come along and relieve your pain. The other choice is to leave for a new opportunity. Hmm. It's not easy. Good jobs are difficult to find. There are a lot of unemployed people. Competition is great right now. This is September of 2020. We're in the middle of a pandemic. As difficult as it might be, the narcissistic micromanager infection can be a chronic disease for those affected. And you have to ask yourself a powerful question. Do I stay and endure? Or do I leave with my dignity? And there's nothing I can say on this podcast that will give you the answer. But I want you to leave this podcast with an understanding of what you are dealing with. These creatures are powerful. And the higher they are, the more devastation they create. You know, I spotted one of these in an organization that I was consulting with. And I literally, literally told the CEO of this organization, if you don't remove this individual, you will lose your job. Because this individual, this narcissistic micromanager, was employed at a very high level in a billion-dollar company. I said, if you don't get rid of him, you will lose your job. There will be so much devastation in the wake of this individual that you cannot recover from the problem that this person creates. And he told me, he said, but John, I went to the board. I pitched this guy. How do I go back and tell them that I picked the wrong guy? I said, you have to own it. You have to own the mistake. We all make hiring mistakes. People look good on paper. Own the mistake, get rid of this guy, and move forward. Well, he couldn't do it. A couple of years ago, on December 31st, he lost his job as CEO. And what's tragic is he was a great guy. He was a good guy. He cared. He really cared about the organization. But his ego would not let him terminate this problem employee. And our egos are so problematic for us because they hide their alter ego, which is insecurity. He did not have the security to go to the board and say, I messed up. I hired the wrong person. But let me tell you, that organization lost so many good people while this guy was there for nearly two years. Two years of infection cost that organization many, many highly talented, capable individuals. So here's something I want you to think about, and I'm not giving you advice. I just want you to think about this. If you work for one of these individuals, leaving with your dignity is far better than sacrificing your integrity for a job. Let me say that again. If you work for one of these narcissistic micromanagers, leaving with your dignity is far better than sacrificing your integrity for a job. I don't know your financial position, but I will tell you this. You will suffer greatly when you work for one of these individuals. Please share your pain so that others may learn from your experience. 
You can contact me. You can communicate with me at johngrubs.com. I have a place there where you can sign up for my newsletters. You can download a free book. I have many, many pieces of free content for you to explore if you really, really like to learn how to be an effective leader, how to lead an organization through difficult times. This podcast is about going big, not just individually, but organizationally. And I challenge people. I push people. I encourage people to get better. Because this is a podcast about going big. Because I think people that go big, people that are crazy enough to, to do what others are not, are the ones that make a dent in humanity. I hope you share this with others. I hope you share this on all your social media platforms so that others who are suffering can at least understand where this pain is coming from. Why are they hurting so badly? Is it my own fault? No. You have a catastrophic infection in your organization from this creature that we call the narcissistic micromanager. It is probably one of the worst supervisor profiles that exists. It's when someone knows it all and wants to do everyone else's job or at least get involved in everybody's business. The misery is great. It is a terrible infection inside organizations. I hope you are crazy enough to spread the word so that people who are suffering can know what they are dealing with. Because on this podcast, we are crazy enough to win. Until next time.